there are really simple things that will have you creating a life you want today. And part of that is just create rituals and habits around who it is that you want to be. So if you want to be a triathlete, there's rituals you have to put in place. You got to work out. If you want to write a book, the ritual you got to start writing, you got to make that part of who you are today as part of your, your habits and part of just who you are. And so this isn't magic, though we could go there. We could go into who you're vibrating as, but if you want to look at it as not magic, then it's what are you doing that is creating the life you want right now? That simple. That was Angela Hubs, and this is the Yogi Triathlete Podcast, episode 84. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Jess, the yoga teacher turned podcast host turned author. That's right. The Yogi Triathlete Cookbook High Vibe Recipes for the Athlete Appetite is available for purchase right now. I know I'm starting off with a bang, but we're just so excited, you guys. Sliding into home plate just under the holiday deadline This makes the perfect last minute gift for anyone and not just people who need more health in their lives and not just athletes. It's truly for everyone, kids, families, couples, singles, seniors, everyone can benefit from higher vibes in their bellies. So check out the show notes for the direct link or use our Amazon banner ad and just search for it. We're really proud of this final product. I wrote it and created the recipes. BJ photographed it and designed the book. We self-published and we took on something that we had no idea of how to do, but we just went breath by breath, step by step, courageous moment by courageous moment. And now we have a published book. This was a long road of unwavering faith and unshakable belief that she was to come into fruition. And this process of being willing to follow our hearts, and I mean our as in everyone's, and to move from love and not fear in order to take the next logical step from a place of calm is a huge, huge piece of living this awake and ready life, which is the perfect segue into telling or reminding you rather of our guest today. Angela Hubbs is a fitness personality, personal trainer, triathlete, animal lover, and the star of Yogi Triathlete Podcast number 28. In our earlier episode with Angela, we dive into her personal journey, struggles to finding happiness, her role in assisting others to live the life they dream of in a body they can love. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen in. It's a great one. You don't want to miss it. Angela's energy is so vibrant and real that her words jump out and they grab you. They motivate you to be better. And why? Well, I think it's because she lives what she teaches and she has for a long time. She's been a size four and she's been a size 14. She's been unhappy. She's been joyful. She has set goals. She's reached some and others she has not. She experiences brick walls just like her clients, but she owns it in a way that continues to propel her further into her greatest self. I caught up with Angela last month while in New York attending the Main Street Vegan Academy, and I would sum up our conversation today as how to become the architect of your life. There is a lot of law of attraction stuff out there, but what much of that instruction misses is the reality that changing our thinking and taking the next step, although simple, is not easy. Angela and I share our own experiences when we've been successful in catching ourselves and choosing less poisonous paths and times when we did not. We also talk about the importance of meditation. 
But whatever our choices are in any situation, our, again, meaning all of us, just know that our lives are being created every moment. And there's two ways that that's happening. One, we're creating them on purpose. Two, we're creating them unconsciously. Sadly, the latter is how most people move through their lives, but this is not the way it has to be. And Angela is one of the best in coaching her clients, not only to higher levels of health, but into the lives they desire so deeply. Angela has been in the fitness industry since she was 15 years old, when one day, as a lifeguard at the pool, the water aerobics instructor didn't show up. Angela jumped in and taught her first exercise class. Since then, she has taught everything from yoga to spin, meditation to sculpt, and she now works virtually with solopreneurs to get them out from behind their desks and moving. Angela also offers workshops and retreats. She's a public speaker, and her energy is contagious. And I have found that spending time with her just leaves me wanting more. And if that's you, just know we have a great podcast extra with Angela going up on our Patreon page this week. We dive into her plant-based journey. During our last conversation with Angela, we left her in an almost vegan state of being. So tune into this extra to find out where she is now, what she's struggling with, and how she's going to move forward. All right, that's it. Let's get on to my conversation with one of my most favorite high vibe beings in this world, Angela Hubs. We met here last August. It was August, actually. So August 2016 when we were homeless and... Traveling? No, you guys Travel. were traveling. I yeah, we were, say traveling. You were homeless. You no, had I know. I say homeless because yeah. I because I had wanted to be homeless for so many years in a good way, and we were homeless in the best way possible. But that doesn't mean that it was not without. You know, it was definitely came with its challenges. But we met up with you last year when we were here in August, and we just dove into you and your story and what you do here and all of that. To so me, we should back up the truck. We'll give people like a quick roundup of. Like how you started because you're in the fitness industry, but I feel like you're, 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 you're moving into this more focus on like creating this, creating your life and being the architect of your life. Oh yeah. Would that be about right? I'd, yeah, yeah. I, I began as a personal trainer and I realized that the way you treat your body shows up in every other part of your life. So let's address every part of your life. And I, I always used exercise as the beginning because that's where, for me, I really saw when I was treating myself with respect and with love, everything else was better. And when I wasn't, when I wasn't taking care of my body, everything else just kind of was worse. So... I deal with specifically entrepreneurs, but anybody that really wants to create a life they're excited about. I work them out in tandem with the goals they want to create in their life. For instance, I have a client who's getting her uh, uh, graduate degree. So we work her in tandem with everything she needs to do to get her dissertation done. I have a client who's writing a book. I I have another client who's like on her journey to becoming like an adult. So it's just the idea is you work your body, you get confidence in your body, and I hold you accountable to the goals that you want to create in your life. Oh my God, that's so big. Yeah. That's so big because let's say we have like, okay, writing the book. This is a great one because this is the, this is one for me. Um, Writing the book and then signing up for an Ironman. 
And signing up and training for an Ironman does not a book right, <laughs> at least in my case, because the physical just takes over and it's like, my God, I got to hit it again tomorrow and I need to recover. And, you know, that's what I found in 2015 when I was trying training for Ironman Cozumel. I was like, you know, I'm trying to write a book and I'm trying to, and I'm trying to train for an Ironman. Like I can't, I gotta, I gotta choose. Like it's not in alignment. I'm doing, I'm doing a bunch of things halfway. Mm. And so, you know, last, last spring when we had just, you know, been in Carlsbad for a few months and I had a lot of, I would say flexibility in my schedule, I sat down and wrote this cookbook that's going to be actually, we just got our last blurb in, in support of the book. And so now we got to just do final, final edits and then publish it. So yeah, yeah, it's really, now it's like, it's back in our hands again. It's unbelievable. The people that we have backing this book, I'll give you some insight off the air. Uh, Everybody else is going to have to wait, but anyway, um, (laughs) I sat down and wrote, I mean, granted there's only like four chapters and but it wrote itself in the matter of a couple of days. Like it wrote itself in a couple of days. Like, and so that just showed me when I made the space and I sat down and I opened up to the flow, it just came. And now the recipes, of course, have been recipes I've been developing over the last couple of years. And that took probably another couple of months to like thoroughly test and perfect them. And then working with a chef here out of New Jersey who was testing them and everything too. But it's like, I had that space in my life. And so it wasn't so much of, uh, I'm going to not do this so I can do this. It was like, it just happened very organically. But what it showed me was that number one, when the time is right, it just comes and there's flow, but you have to align. You have to align yourself where you're making the time for these things that you want to create in your life. Bingo. And part of what I'm trying to inspire people to do is to own that they are creating their life. The fact that you created that space, it it came organically, yes, but you created it. It's not like the stars aligned and it was something that even if it was subconscious for you, you created that. And I think a lot of us give away our power that, yes, someday, someday I'll, someday I'll, someday I'll. Well, what if you do it today and yeah. you make that space for yourself And you today. just sit down and get it done. And, and it's not like it wasn't without challenge. I remember specifically, it was a Friday night and I was sitting at the Encinitas library and working and I had just finished it and I was sending it off to uh, Linda Lang, who's a chef here, and she was going to test everything. And the moment I hit send, like I just started to cry because I couldn't, I couldn't believe there were so many things that were happening. I was like, my God, I just wrote a book and I just, I, re- I just wrote a book and it's in a place where now I'm sending to somebody who has also written a book and is a chef and I'm not a chef. And now she's going to test it all. I felt like my insides had fallen out. Like (laughs) it was so vulnerable and uncomfortable, but I just sat in that expression. I just sat in everything that was being expressed for me in that moment. And I just let whatever happened, which was like, I just started crying in, in such a beautiful way. It was very neutral. It was like, I just kind of sat there and was like, all right, well, this is, 
this is it. This is what it feels like this time. And there will be another time. And I think like that moment made me realize like you, you will, you will do this again because you can do this again. And I think anybody can, can, can do it. Um, I think anybody can do anything they set their minds to. What was the barrier to starting it for you? And I know, that, you know especially if you were doing an Ironman, that's already a barrier. But yeah. was there something else that was keeping you from doing it? The fact that my recipes weren't going to be good. Mm. They weren't going to taste good. Nobody would like them. They'd think they were too simple. They, would, they wouldn't think that I was smart. That is what holds all of us back from even starting. That first thought of, oh, nobody will read it. Nobody will like it. Nobody will want it. Okay, I won't even bother. The fact that you, you then went and made it, that's badass. That's architecting. And it is badass. Life. Like we bought, BJ bought a beautiful camera and he's an amazing photographer. The pictures are unbelievable. Like the food is gorgeous. And yeah, but it was very, very vulnerable. I, I think, I really think it boils down to that. It's just really vulnerable. Like sitting down and writing and then letting somebody else read it is vulnerable. You know, I say that I'm a meditation teacher and a mindfulness coach and all this stuff. Well, what if they read what, I'm, what I wrote and they think that that's not the makings of the things that I think I am? Well, it's, a, you know what, how many, before you started your podcast, <laughs> yeah, did you have those same thoughts before you started a podcast? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before you started teaching. Before I started teaching, I thought the same thing. Oh, I'm going to suck at it. Nobody's going to want it. Before I became a personal trainer, oh, I'm going to be bad at it. I mean, so even if it's true... How do you get better at anything, right? <laughs> you and and I and we must remember that it's easy for me to watch your videos and follow you on social and think that you I know better because I know you. <laughs> but and look at you and think that you have you don't encounter any of this. When I know in fact you very much do. And you, you actually you speak about it too. And I, I want to be transparent and authentic as well. And I try and do that on this show, but I'll tell you, like every time BJ and I record our monthly show where people are asking questions, like we wrap it up and BJ's always like, oh my God, that was so great. It was so fun. It's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it was great. And I'm like putting the stuff away in the case and I'm just like, it's not good enough. You're not, you didn't, you said that before and now, and now you're saying it again and you don't have any new material and you know, and it's just this negative self-talk, but I, I can see it. I don't buy into it. Mm-hmm. I allow it to be there in its expression and not push it away and not get mad at it, but understand that it's not. What I say is like, it's not even mine. Those thoughts aren't even mine. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got from a coach, like a business coach, even a, a coach coach, when you start to hear these, these thoughts and they come up for everybody, imagine, okay, maybe not the great orange, but everyone else who's, hu- who's a human being who thinks the about The great things. orange. Our president. Oh, <laughs> why do you call him orange? I, I just don't want to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> so the great orange. But anyone else who, who's really like sensitive to other people, we all have these thoughts of, is it, is it good enough? And I think part of our journey is being able to hear that voice and recover quicker and quicker and quicker every time. Thus, what meditation's about. It's really like being able to see thoughts as they come and go without having to attach to them. And that's still a day-to-day 
journey that I take is this idea of not, I don't have to grab every thought that comes into my head. Yeah. And exactly what you said, it's not even mine. I think that's one of the biggest things that's helped me. It's like, Byron Katie says it, Byron Katie says, they're, they're, they're not even your thoughts. They're just thoughts. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it's, what is the vibration that you're like, what's your frequency? Like your frequency is going to be what attracts in those thoughts. So obviously there's still a frequency within me that I sit every day in meditation and, you know, am so committed to heal that is pulling in those thoughts. But regardless if that frequency is still there and it, there's an energetic match and, and that lower vibrations being pulled in, I still don't have to create more of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I love doing that, just saying like, they're not even mine. Like they're just lingering around me. You know, there's the, they're like these little stowaways. Uh, and so I'm not going to kick the crap out of them and throw them off the ship and drown them. I'm going to let them <laughs> kind of be there and realize that there isn't a home there anymore for them. Ooh, I like that. There's no home for you here, buddy. No home for you. <laughs> you can keep on knocking, but I'm um, not answering the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've already gotten off track, but that's fine. So let's go back. <laughs> so that's what you did. How did you start getting into this? Oh, I, you know, that's a great question. I was looking at my life and I realized I'm so much more than just exercise. And so I just started speaking. And I started getting in front of people and I started teaching, really, is, is all that means. I started getting clients that were like, yeah, that resonates with me that I'm not just a body. And that, yeah, sure, feeling good in my skin will be great, but there's other parts of me that need support. And so I call myself the accountability buddy. Really, just hold you accountable to what it is that you say that you want. All right, great. Let's go get you a body you want. But what else? What else will fulfill you in what you're creating? And I think that's that just started a snowball of, yeah, that's that's this is resonating with people that you're not just a body. You know, you're not just a job. You're not just a relationship. All of those things need to sing together for you to have a life that really feels good. Where do you find is the biggest hang up with people? Like, where do they stop? Mm. Okay. So the short answer is the feels, mm. the comfortability. I know that I didn't mean to put a question mark at the end, but I was looking for a good word. But part of it is we are so committed to being comfortable that we're unwilling to get out of that bubble. The same thing that could have very well kept you ever from making a podcast. Oh, they're gonna, they're not gonna like it. Uh, they're, they're not gonna find it interesting. I've said that stuff before, that stuff's out there already. The same things that almost stopped me from making videos. This idea that, oh, that stuff's out there already. I'm gonna look funny. They're gonna make fun of what I'm saying. Well, forget that. If you're able to get uncomfortable, then you're able to grow who you are. And I think that stops a lot of people. They're not willing to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's to create this, if you're somebody who's listening and you're, you want to create your life, you want to become the architect of your life. It is, I don't know. What do you think the percentage is? Like 80% uncomfortable. Oh, it's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels like it's more than that. Yeah. I, but it's not all bad. 
It's not like uncomfortable doesn't have to be bad. In no, fact, it's not uh, bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah. It's what, what are you putting, what are you projecting onto that sensation to make it good or bad? What is the flavor that you're adding to it? You know, that's like you creating your own life. Well, you're also creating the fact that you're not creating your own life. That's the rub. Whether you're create, whether you think you're creating it or not, you're creating it. If you, the, it's, I can get really frustrated with people because if you're not creating it, it's being created for you, which you're still creating. You know, mm-hmm. this idea of, of uh, stability, of what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, security doesn't exist. You know, if I could just go, that, that fires me up. That fires me up. It doesn't exist. And the fact is, is that we're, we're all here. We're all here because we're dying. Right. <laughs> Every day. But we pretend, but we pretend that we're not. Not ever. Nope. Nope. Uh, Dr. Melanie Joy calls it, she refers to it in her, I just read her book, um, Why We Eat Cows, Love Dogs, and Wear Pigs. No, Why We Eat Pigs, Love Dogs, and Wear Cows. It's a great book. It was really great when I was checking it out at the at the library because like there's this line. I'm like, I want to put this book on hold, and the guy's like, What's it called? I'm like, I just love that this book is out here. Like, I just educated. I, at least one person had an aha moment when I was like reciting that title. But anyway, she refers to it as psychic numbing. Like, we have to have this psychic numbing to live within this world of these like atrocities that happen and the violence that happens with our food and, you know, our clothing. And, and it's like the psychic numbing of like, like that we're not all here because we're dying. Like we, we do such a good job at being in denial about that. And what if, if you look at, I'm not a Buddhist and I haven't really studied too much about it, but from what I understand, it's like they live every day in preparation for dying. Mm-hmm. They live every day in preparation for what's going to happen when they die. Like, what if we lived every day in this idea that we know that this physical life here is is temporary? And so I feel like if we lived that way a little bit more, like, eye-opened, that we would be more fully expressed We'd be afraid of things less. We'd be afraid Not of things totally less. totally afraid of things, but... There, like, yeah, the whole new freedom that could exist in this existence. That and I think in. consciousness, too. Like, and not so much of the psychic numbing. This consciousness of the choices that we're making and, you know, skipping that run because you don't... You can't do the full hour. You could only mm-hmm. do 20 minutes. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. If you knew that you were, you only had four or three months to live, what would you do with that? And, and, and how is what you're doing today either in alignment or not in alignment with what it is that you really want to do and you really want to be in this life? Because we think we've got all this time, all this like spare change. And then when somebody does leave this earth, it's always, it's always a wrong. That shouldn't have happened. It was wrong. It was, they were too young. They were too happy. They had three kids. It's like, 
No, that the, the universe doesn't care about any of that. Yeah. <laughs> it and gives it you this, never promised how yeah, long you'd get. It gives you this life and it says, here's this life, which is just a series of moments. And then you get this opportunity to live it however you want. So we live it in this way where we're numbed out and then we complain about it. And then we do things that we don't love or that aren't aligned with our hearts, our hearts blueprint. And I feel like it's time to wake up and, and I think a lot of people are waking up whether or not you're feel like you're in a stable job or you're secure or you're creating this life that you always dreamed of, there's going to be uncomfortableness in some way. So you're going to deal with it in some way. And so wouldn't you rather deal with it pursuing like your heart's desire? Well, I think you hit it on the head when you said like, if you had three months to live, how would today be different? Like, what would you do differently? I think when it comes down to it, we have given up that we get to enjoy what we're doing here. So I talk about this from time to time, even if you have a job you hate, and I hate that word, but if there's a job that you loathe going to, if you connected it with what it is that you were getting out of the job. So let's say your passion was to do Ironman and you had this job that you had to go to that helped pay for doing that. Then doing that job that at one time you loathed gets to be a joy because it is your access to doing what you love to do. And so I like to connect people to this moment that you have right now is creating what you want to be doing tomorrow. Because everything that you are today is a result of what you did yesterday. So if you look at who it is that you want to be, start stepping into the life you want now. Because tomorrow, A, it's not promised, but two, you're building it now. You can't have what you want tomorrow if you're not building it now. You had done a video, I think earlier this week or last week about your quote of the week. And it was, I can't remember, actually, it's just listening to it, but I can't remember the quote, but but what, what I, what I want to touch upon in it is that you were talking about, you had a time where, a short time where you were a model and, and you thought you were going to be a supermodel, which I think you totally could have been a supermodel, <laughs> but that might not have been in your heart's desire. Who knows? But she said, act today like you, or feel, what did she say something about? Oh, like, my mom. Oh, yeah. My, my mom said to me, you got to live right now like you're already a supermodel. Yes. That yeah. was the best advice my, my mom ever gave me. And even though I didn't want to be a supermodel, I started looking at that uh, in other parts of my life. Like, okay, so if I'm an Iron Man, if I want to be an Iron Man, I got to live like I'm that today, even though I've never get, gotten on a bike before, <laughs> right? So when I first started doing triathlons, that was kind of my, I'm a triathlete, I would say with a smug face, but I said it enough times, I became a triathlete. Same thing happens with whatever it is that you want. If you live it today, it will manifest itself. And so that, yeah, that was a, I'll tell you the quote, just for yeah. those of you who, okay, so the quote was, don't ask God to guide your footsteps if you're not willing to move your feet. Yes, that's, yeah, I'm yeah. so glad I brought that up because mm -hmm. yes, like we, we desire these things or we see these things or we envision a better life or a different life, whatever that is. But then when push comes to shove and it feels like shit mm -hmm. and it's vulnerable and all those things that make you want to throw up and numb out, you got to take the step. You got to take the next step. Yeah. <laughs> and here you are writing your book. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, 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 I'm a part of this writing challenge in November where we write every day. And it's really funny because I'm writing fiction. I never write fiction. Oh. And in the first, like, so I'm on what's today? The... 12th, so I'm on the 12th day of writing. And then every day you post a sentence uh, in this group. And just a sentence? Well, it's so funny because BJ's laughing at me because I'm like, people are posting more than just a sentence. Like, you're supposed <laughs> to just said, just do a sentence. So I'm trying to follow the rules. But, the, <laughs> but, but one day I did write a poem because I was like, I had nothing to add to the story that I'm writing. And I just wrote this poem, which was actually really funny because it came out as like, you know, who the hell am I to be? writing, you know, I've had no formal training and, but you know, whatever this poem was, it was pretty funny, but then how it ended up was like, aren't I the, like one of the important ones, like here to challenge the status quo, you know, until it crashes down and kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, deep. yeah, it was deep. It was Ooh. like, shit, I just gotta get this writing done. I'm going to write a <laughs> poem about how crappy I am as a writer. <laughs> but so yeah, so the first couple of days, like I was just flowing in. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh, I'm writing fiction. I'm going to write a whole book on this. And and now it's like, now, I'm tr- now I feel like I am trudging in like this dirty, heavy, icy snow and my feet are freezing and I just want to get to the other end. And I'm like, it's the 12th of November. How many days are in November? But it's sitting down every day and shutting off the Wi-Fi shutting off the phone and sitting in quiet and getting into the creative mode, which is presence and writing and not caring about what, what that's going to look like. And that it doesn't have to be the story that I'm creating. Who knows what's going to happen to it? Maybe nothing. Maybe I post it someday. I don't know. But like, it doesn't matter if it's out of order. It's going with what's coming in in that moment. Right. And this is what writers do. They like write something and then like 75% of it's like red, redlined. And then you get 25% left to work with. And then also it's funny because I find myself, I'm writing and I'm like trying to craft the perfect sentence because the perfect sentence is going to be the one that's going to go up in the Facebook groups. And then everybody thinks that I'm a better writer than I am. It's such a weird and it's such a weird thing that our mind and the ego does. But I, again, I just sit there and I watch it and I sit down every day and I commit to just writing. And so that's, if you want to write a book, okay, well, you got to start writing and you got to write every day and you got to write like it's your job. And it doesn't matter if it's crap because every writer will tell you that they sit down and they write crap most of the time. And you are a writer. You are a good writer. You just wrote a poem about not being (laughs) a good writer that I'm sure was this amazing poem. So part of it too is the self-talk. Yeah. Right? You'd be one of the first people to be like, that part of your vibration is just owning who it is that you are. Why does it need to be good or bad? Just own it that you're a writer. Right. And a kick ass writer. <laughs> but just, you know, just own, own what it is. You know, I, there was, I let go of trying to be a good triathlete and just enjoying the race and just going out there and doing the thing. And the second I let go of, I have to win, and I, I you know, it, was, it just started being more fun. And then, of course, if I win, that's a bonus. But I think the, the freedom lies in just owning where you are when you're there. 
as opposed to it has to be in this box and it has to be square and it has to look like this and the, the, the sentence has to be... And I think that all of that is based on what you're seeing outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's all based on you being in comparison to the rest of the world, which is 100% huge red flag that you're sitting in the ego energy because the ego energy is the separation device. It wants to think that you and I are different when in fact we're not. And, and so that's always such a, when that stuff comes up and I just... I'll, I'll do that. Like number one, that's not even my thought. And number two, if I continue, if I indulge that thought just even for a second, I'm choosing to create that in my life. You know, I'm choosing to create not being a quote unquote good writer. If I continue to go down that line, or I can say that I'm a great writer or that it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, but it's, I love it. It fills my heart. I get to express myself. It makes me feel vulnerable. I like that. I like putting it out there you know, and seeing what that is because I, because I know in the essence that every single other 250 people that are in that writing group that I'm in right now, they're all feeling vulnerable every single time. And there's published authors in that group. And there's people who are like lawyers and they're trying to write fiction and all they've written is briefs, you know? So it's like so funny, but seeing all the unique different styles, it's not like there's my style and then there's all these, and then everybody else has the same. We all have our unique, gorgeous perspective and take and twist on how we use words. I, and I really like that mental image. It's almost like everyone has a different color and everybody gets to paint their thing with a whole different color. I think that's a great analogy for what we all have to bring to this world. And the second that we're like, oh, her color's better than my color. Her, you know, her shapes are better than my shapes. We, we do, we put those barriers up. And for some reason, we have this need to be better than other people when indeed you're totally right. We're, we're all the same. You know, we're all in this together to build this planet together. Hmm. I wish we kind of had that sense with each other so that we could really build our lives together. Well, I think you can. I think you can absolutely have that through meditation. Like I absolutely, because I'm like crunching on the cacao bean. (laughs) (laughs) The cacao is now like Clark. It's like all over all the podcasts. (laughs) So, oh, I miss that Clark. I know. He's such a good boy. He's such a good boy. I miss him so much. So what was I saying? Us being together. Oh, meditation. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. See? Meditation. The, the ego was like, holy shit, she's talking about meditation again. Get her, get her <laughs> like loser train of thought. Because when we sit in stillness, we start to commune with our higher being. And our higher being is it's, there's only one being, there's only one higher being. So the one that you tap into when you're, when you're in meditation is the same one that I'm tapping into. It's just a different branch. It's just a, it's the individual branch of that being. And for me, it starts, it starts by feeding it in through the intellect first, understanding. I think most people and probably everybody who listens to this show knows that we're connected by a common thread. 
So the first thing is to digest it through the intellect. And then the second thing is to embody it. And how do you embody it? And you embody it through meditation. So when I first started, we'd be driving down the street and, and I would just look at everybody, the mailman, the homeless guy, um, you know, the person in the Porsche, the person weeding their garden. And I would look at them and I would just say, we're the same, we're the same, we're the same, we're the same, we're the same. And now through the practice of meditation, through the practice of that intellectual understanding, I now, as a byproduct of the discipline, I feel that. Mm-hmm. And when somebody is angry or they're, you know, freaking out, we had a, we actually had a situation the other night when we were, we picked Clark up from camp and it was really dark and it was tra- it was like rush hour, you know, and here's the Gumkowskis, like, we're like, rush hour, it's so scary. And <laughs> we're trying, BJ was driving and we're trying to cross over like four lanes and he got to like the point where you could like turn and then he was going to do a U-turn onto the, in the other direction. And there was another car that was like right in front of us taking a turn. But there, when did headlights on cars get so damaging to the eyes? Yeah, they're terrible. It was unbelievable. I was like, that guy doesn't even have his high beams on. I can guarantee it. And like, it's just the, the light that's it's in the It's probably the height of his car too. Yeah, because we're like, yeah, uh, yeah right and he was level. like, mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden I felt like I saw like there was two more cars to come and, but then I felt BJ pulling out and I, instead of freaking out and being like, BJ, there's a car right there. I just, it was weird. Like I just relaxed into it and was like, well, if we're going to get hit, we're going to get hit and it's going to be on my side. And I just like really relaxed into it and just felt like we were going to be protected. And then the next thing you hear was the horn, like, and the person like went into the other lane and then like shot in front of us. And I was this like, Ooh, I was waiting for that. But I'm like, thank God I didn't get the impact. And then we pulled up to the stoplight and out rolled the window, out came the arm, and then the finger right right up to the sky. And I was like, oh, that's for you, Beach. And we end up pulling up next to the woman, and she is like, she is not a woman you want to get into a bar fight with. This woman could have taken all three of us out, like, with, you know, one punch. And she was just hauling off on the emotions, screaming at, at us, like... It was really funny, some of the words that she was stringing together because they didn't even make any sense. <laughs> but I was like, oh, that's all for you, Beach. And, and it was funny because in that, and I could feel her energy, but in that, all I saw was that she was so scared. Mm. She was so scared. And she was, I mean, that's not what she was expressing. Well, of course She was not. expressing many other things. And when we drove away, BJ and I both went, like, went into silence and we did this healing technique that we know and we did this healing technique. I said, you know what, let's, let's, we have karma with this, with this individual and let's heal it right now. And, and so we did this little healing technique and then we were fine. We like moved on because we could feel that energy being directed at us. But all I saw in that moment, whereas before I would have rolled down the window like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, like and got into it all like 110 pounds of, yeah, I know. <laughs> like I would have been like, put the gas on, we gotta get out of here. But I just saw her fear and I just felt her pain and I just want, I just loved her. Hmm. And what, like, how do you learn that? You don't learn that by reading books. You learn that from a practice. Yeah of being connected to your higher source, which I believe is a limitless stream of love. Oh, and that's such a beautiful story. <laughs> she probably not, didn't recount it that way. Oh, I'm sure she didn't. She probably <laughs> went home and just, these mother... 
<laughs> oh my God. Yeah. She was pulling into Walmart too. So I was like, Oh boy. That's a great, um, the, the poison that other people can put on us that you didn't allow to poison you or create, or create more poison in the world. Yeah. Cause it could have been really easy for you to take that or for BJ to even take it. And, and you know, Oh, he's got, you know, blah, blah, any, anything that, that it, it could have lived in your lives, even subconsciously. Like that happens in New York, as I'm sure you can imagine. I haven't driven a car in a little while, but there was an incident where I crossed the street and a cab essentially was aiming his car at me as he was <laughs> turning the corner. So I give him words and he gives me words and I, I was not as enlightened as that. Where it's like he was trying to teach me a lesson, but my immediate go-to, because I was scared he was going to hit me, was anger. Absolutely. It was like, you know, why would you try to hit me? And point of that story is I think a lot of us need that, that practice of just unconditional love for other people. Because we take those instances and it poisons us. Because I, for the rest, not the rest of the day, but at least an hour afterwards, I was still pissed about almost getting hit by a cab, but it had happened. It was gone. I was fine. I still lived in that reality that that jerk almost hit me with his car. And did you tell other people about it? Yes. Yeah. Well, and I'm telling you about it now. Right. <laughs> and I told you about the lady. Right. And so what happens there, you create more violence yeah. in the world. Yeah. That violence is violence. So it doesn't matter if you're on the whatever 27th floor of Mandolin Bay with guns or that woman yelling at us from the car. It's violence. It's violent energy in the world or ingesting the flesh of an animal that was taken out of this life in violence. Because as much as we want to think that they have a nice ending, they do not have a nice ending. It is violence. It's violence, violence, violence. And it's because we are not living in alignment with who we are, which is love. And until we connect in with that love, which means going through many layers of uncomfortableness and vulnerability, we will not be able to live in alignment until, until, we, until we practice sitting within it and trusting it. Mm. And then it will show up more. There's just a lot of violence out here. You can, it's like, it's like, it's all over the place. So you can get into a fight with anybody. There was a woman yeah. crossing the street last night. And here in she, Harlem? Yeah, here in Harlem. <laughs> and I was like, and I was literally like feeling into my heart chakra. I was standing right behind her and I was like sending it into her. Of course, she had no idea. And she's going off with her boyfriend about how she tried to order takeout and the lady made her feel like she was stupid and now she doesn't want to eat the food because she feels like she's spitting it and again lots of colorful words and the guy was just like not saying a word because he's smart enough he's like I'm not saying anything and she is going off and she's like why are you saying anything and she turns around and looks at me and I'm just like oh my gosh (laughs) this is not my time and I was just standing in such love because again, like I could just see her pain. I could feel her pain. And she just kind of turned back around. If he went in on it and started, and started fighting with her 
on it. And if I started fighting with BJ, like, how could you drive like such a dumbass, you know, whatever, we would have been creating more violent energy in the world, more non-loving energy. So let's call it that non-loving energy. But it's not like the universe says that this non-loving energy is level one and this non-loving energy is level 10. It's all non-level, non-loving energy. It's not, it's neutral. It's the universe sees and feels it as neutral. My meditation teacher just posted something this morning on Facebook and he like never posts on Facebook, but I loved it. He was saying that everything is energy and everything is neutral. Like look at electricity. You turn on a light and the light goes on, right? There's electricity in there. There's a charge in there. It doesn't discriminate. If, if you put the switch, the light's going to go on. If you plug in the plug, the laptop's going to go on. If you stick your finger in, in the socket, it's going to go on. Like right. it doesn't judge. It just delivers. And I think that we got to be really careful about the words we speak and the actions we take if, if we're looking for a life that we don't feel we're currently living because everything is a charge and it will be delivered. Yes. Then that also means we get to choose the fuel that we put into the lives we want to live. And I think that's a great example, uh, uh, mental picture of the electricity because I, I you know it's interesting I hadn't really thought about everything just being neutral I really am very I try to be really deliberate about my routine and how I feed my spirit and how I feed my mind and how I feed my body so that I do create a life that I want but you're totally right that even the way we treat our stuff um says something about who we get to be in this life. I took years ago, I, w- I don't remember the teacher, I just remember something she said, like when you're pulling out a chair and the chair makes noise on the floor, it's almost like the chair screaming out that it doesn't like how you're pulling it. I thought about that, that if everything that we have, everything that we touch, if we treat it with total respect, how would that mirror a better life for ourselves? So that goes right into even how we treat other people. I mean, clearly how we treat other people shows up everywhere in the world, but we take it so for granted that little things make a huge difference, even though it's a drop in the bucket. It's a buck. It's part of the bucket, you know? Because one moment's not more important than the other. Yeah. So we think that, we think that the day that BJ and I got married is more important than the moment when I picked up my toothbrush and brushed my teeth this morning. But in fact, I know we're not alone. There's some movement going on in the house. Creepy. But in fact, they're the exact same. They're neutral. It's what is, what am I putting on to that moment? What am I putting on to that moment? I'm putting on to that moment that the moment we got married the importance of in the emotion of love, the moment that we came together, the moment that our lives officially started as husband and wife and blah, blah, blah. But the universe isn't like life is a series of moments. And so we get a choice. They don't, our moments aren't delivered in pre-flavored, right? 
They're they're delivered. We think they are. They're delivered in. You know that, right? Unscented. Right. (laughs) They're they're unscented moments. But but you realize we put so much that it has to look this way. When I have a job, it's supposed to look this way. And when I run, it's supposed to look this way. And when I do a race, it's supposed to look this way. We totally put these little labels on everything that it's that if it looks this way or or it's not right. Right. And so we create everything. We create the unhappiness in our job. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. We create the unhappiness in our relationships. Yep. We, we create it all because of, um, because of what we're bringing into that moment. Because many of us live in a way where we're not present to the moment that we're in. And so what do we, how do we inform that moment? Well, we inform that moment from, from the past, our experience of the past. And so this is kind of like I think I said earlier, like the stowaways. We fuel our now moment with these mental stowaways of the past. Even though that guy who almost hit you in the cab... That moment was gone forever. You, you allowed those mental stowaways to inform your day for hours. That dude, he's, he's such a jerk. And uh, I'm gonna get, You want more of that? I would love some. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, so how, and then how did that feel like when you were doing that? Well, it certainly didn't feel good. There was nothing about having those mental stowaways that made my day any better. If, it, if anything, it was... You know, what it, you know what it is? It was my way of being right. Like, I had to be right. I, I was on the, the sidewalk, and then I walked into the, the crosswalk. He's wrong, and I'm right. And somehow that's supposed to make... Like, had he hit me, the fact that I'm right wouldn't have me live. You know what I mean? So the... But that's I don't the, feel like I'm speaking English ego. anymore. No, I love that you said that. <laughs> One of the... Um, one of like the first days of my yoga training, I actually have my yoga notebook here, which is funny. And it's like engraved in my yoga notebook because I was like, how could this be true? My teacher said that, you know, one of the highest states of spiritual intelligence is to be able to say, I don't know. Hmm. And with that, being able to be wrong. Because again, it's that ego energy. The ego energy is going to cast you as the victim or the victimizer. Right, so you were the victim, and he was the victimizer. These are the these are the telltale signs that you're moving from ego, and then you get a choice. You say, okay, do I want to create more of this, or do I want to choose a way? And so, how do you choose a way? I think the first thing you got to do is you got to like get calm. There's more ghosts in here, by the way. I know. Right? Did you hear that? <laughs> okay, sorry. We're, yeah, we're never alone. I travel with a crew anyway. I, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> hey, as long as they're singing good things, I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, they're all good. Okay. But, for example, the other night, BJ and I were having a conversation, and I'm really like, I'm really laying, like, I guess you could say I'm laying into him. It actually started with a podcast guest that we had that we're going to be launching in a few weeks, because we were talking about BJ, you know, having this dream to go to Kona. And after the podcast, they were asking him, so what are you going to, so what does that look like? Where are you going to go after? How long, when are you going to, like, when are you going to get there? And I think it really stumped him because he was like, I don't know if I've practiced that visualization of what that trip's going to look like and where we're going to go after. And so I've kind of been laying into him a little bit about, well, first of all, he made the mistake of asking me to be like his coach Uh earlier this year oh geez and so (laughs) 
Yeah, no. Ooh. He knows that that's <laughs> going to be delivered in neutrality. I've really been asking him about like, what's this trip going to look like? And how is it going to, what is race morning going to feel like? And what's it going to feel like the night before when you go to sleep, knowing that you're going to be racing the world championship the next day? And so I was doing this with him on Friday night before I left. And he was just like, poor guy, he was just like tired and everything. But I was like, I was kind of relentless. Because even when you don't want to write, get up and write, Mm -hmm. right? Even when you don't want to visualize your dream coming true, visualize your dream coming true. So it's being a little relentless. And I had this moment where I said like, all right, well, obviously you're not into this. And I felt that like, I felt that disconnection between us. And I felt how easy it would have been to continue that and just like get into bed and tie my sweatpants tight and zip up my (laughs) shirt and just like roll over and just, and I, and I'm watching it all go down. And I thought in my head, you're feeling disconnection and you're creating more of it. And I stopped. And, um, and then I just went and I asked him another question. I was, cause I was like, you're asking him to tell you a story and you don't like the story that's being told to you. Mm-hmm. Your story is not right. Number one, because it's not your dream, girl. You're, you're here to support him as his wife, as his soulmate, as his coach, you know? And it was really interesting because I could see that it became a part of, it became about me. Right. And it's so if you can get that, how do you get work with your clients to help them see that, help them see the negative self-talk, help them see that instead of going out for a 20 minute run, they went out for no run at all. So the, the easiest way is to have them look at how did that feel? How did you feel when you said to yourself, you know, I really should go run, and you didn't. Like, how did that feel? And most of the time, the answer is, well, it felt crappy. I didn't like who I was then. I didn't like that version of myself. And so then I, had, I have them look at the opposite. Well, let's say you go now, and you go out for five minutes. How might that feel when you get home? Well, it will suck because it's cold for the moment, but I'll, when I get home, I'll be really proud of myself that I did something. And I say, okay, great. So go. Call me back as soon as you get home. Five minutes, that's all, that's all you're required to do, five minutes. And it's those little wins that start the momentum to bigger wins. And that's what I try to drill into people, that it's one little step towards where you want to go that's the win. That doesn't have to, I mean, we, we were, I don't remember if this was on when we were talking about this, but the whole 20-minute run, I have time for 20 minutes versus an hour. Great, go out for 20 minutes. There's, there's no box that this needs to fit in. And that was the biggest thing I learned when I started doing triathlons. It was, great, you got a plan, but if you're not malleable with what you want to create, uh, then, it's, then it's harder. How, how do I, I need another word for that. If, if you're not willing to adjust then you can't build. A big skyscraper is meant to sway in the wind so that it doesn't crack open and fall, fall over. So the same thing when we're building what we're up to, you have to be flexible and willing to take it just day by day to build the life that you want. I feel like, like the, the ideas are in my head right now to tell you. <laughs> my, my lips and my words aren't coming out as 
square as I'd like. So I'm just going to sit in that reality right now that no, I think that, <laughs> I think you described it perfectly. And I think that you can describe it because you're living it. <laughs> Yeah. Because I know, and I know that you've had a few like coaching calls with BJ, you know, and we, and I love this relationship that we have because you and I have talked on the phone, like just bouncing stuff off of each other and everything. And so, and you're living it. So where are you now with like your training and your creation? Great question. Because <laughs> every day it's a, it's a new adventure. So I've decided uh, I'm going to move to Florida. I love living in New York City, but it feels stale. There's a part of me that's like, there's no more growth happening for me right now in this place. And who knows, I might come back, but I want to go somewhere different and grow something different. I, I really appreciated my conversations with you and with BJ because I, I felt like even my training feels stale. And part of it's, I, I hit this great goal. I finished an Ironman and... And then, you know, I let, I feel like I let myself go a little bit. So now I have to start over from scratch. And there's this judgment about who this Angela is versus the one that finished in the Ironman. So I'm like one day at a time, I'm now just exploring what my body can do, especially after I pulled my hamstring. Mm. It was totally worth it. This is totally <laughs> an aside. It was totally worth it. I, uh, I pulled my hamstring doing like a fancy move on a trapeze. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Was it like acro yoga or just... No. I went to... A, what were you uh, doing on a trapeze? <laughs> I went... It's called Camp Wonderful. It was a camp for grown-ups, And so one of the things you could do was go play on a trapeze. And it was just too cold and I was... I wasn't as warmed up as I'd like to be, but I was doing this like split move with the trapeze and it was so fun. But... But... The consequences to that is... <laughs> I still, to this day, and it's been months after. Oh, hammies take a long ugh. time. So I, I'll go run and I'll be like, yeah, I feel great. And the next day I'm like, mm, you know, so. So how, one day at a time. So wait, so how do you, <laughs> I want to I dig into that because that, that's, you know, we have a lot of athletes that listen to this and it's like, well, it's been months. Why isn't it healed yet? And oh my God, that was such a good run. And oh God, there it yeah. is again. So how do you... How do you move forward without create without stumping your growth there? Like without stumping your healing? Because like everything, it like the guy in the cab, like, you know, creating your life, whatever it, it is that we're doing, like if you're, oh God, this hamstring, but you're slowing down its healing. It's non-loving. And that's a great, you know what? So it's interesting because I haven't ever gone to a place yet with this injury that's been like, oh stupid leg instead it's been like you let me run yesterday okay great we're not gonna do it today <laughs> I can feel you today I'm really lucky that I'm part of there's a reason I met PJ is because I'm on team trigger point so my home is filled oh with God. it's ridiculous you get the new treats <laughs> god that like accucane oh, thing. thing is amazing and the vibrating one yeah that one actually is amazing yeah. BJ's my neighbor like, hates me because I use it. Oh my God. He's like blowing the thing out every night. It's like he takes it to exhaustion. The whole bed is vibrating. And I just lie in it because I'm like, vibration is one of the most healing things in the world. Like when we're in the womb, like just the vibration of like the sounds and everything, it's so soothing for our nervous system. But vibration, like 
it heals the body from the inside out. So yeah, we're in like this vibrating bed every night, but the vibe is unbelievable. I thought that would be my least favorite one. It really does feel amazing. Like the whole body tingles after you use it. I don't use it as much as BJ does. I don't have a lot of time on the vibe. You got to start using the vibe. Yeah, after Iron Man, because, you know, I've been trying to do everything to get him square for he's so the next one he's so race ready he's so good good to go yeah so okay so yeah so what do you do to let's get into some physicality of it what do you do to take care of this hamstring well so i i definitely aside from all of the toys i've been doing a lot of strength training specifically for my hips um i have a trx and so i've been doing a lot of uh russian squats and pistol squats um yep and the fir- first couple times I had to make it really small, but it's like it gotten better, like it's really amazing. Quickly. What's like strength? Because yeah. you can't have the. I've been talking a lot about this in my yoga classes. As people come up to me and they're, they find out in my my background in sports and ortho, and and so they want to know like about what do they do and how do they do this and you know well this is tight and I and they're always. It's always like an aha moment when I explain to them that just because it feels tight doesn't mean it's strong. Right. And just because it's uh, flex, uh, flexible doesn't mean it's flexible. It's right. just, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it, it's, <laughs> you know, it could be bad verbology, but you know it, what I mean? Yeah. And it could be overstretched and right. it could be weak or right. it could be, you know, it just, it's, so it's, it's about, ba- it's balance. That's why I love yoga because it's just, it's going to get you, it's going to get you the strength. It's going to get you the stretch. It's going to get you the balance. But so the strength I think is huge in people will shy away from strength when they've got a, you know, an area in their body that's healing, but it's like, the strength is really what's going to support it, but you can't overdo it. Right. So it might, how did you start? Like you said, you started slow. I start. Oh my God, I started so slow. So my goal, you know, I see these videos on Instagram of these chicks doing pistol squats on top of like kettlebells and ridiculous <laughs> stuff like that. I'm like, you know, that'd be fun one day to be able to do like a million pistol squats. So I, I started with the TRX and the first one I could go down to the ground and then the, I started to feel pain. I was like, okay, great. So I'm cooked with that. Great, I did one. Oh, wee, wee. And so I'll do other things that support, like my glute medius and things like that. My I'll do bridges just to get all of the muscles around my ham because it's right at the attachment is where oh, I feel. It's yeah. right at the attachment. So, all right, so that was day one. <laughs> day two, I could do three of them, right? And so I, I just gave myself time to just get better and better. And I think part of... More than anything, the underlayer of all of this is patience. And I'm one of, I just want to be instantly good at things. I don't ever want to fail. And that's, you got to, I got to let go. One day at a time. There's no box. It doesn't need to look like anything in particular. I have to take it one day at a time and listen to what my body's telling me. So I'll be on the bike and I'm perfectly fine on the bike, perfectly fine on the bike. And the second I start to feel that hamstring again, I'm like, okay, the pressure of sitting on the seat and my ham is now cooked. Means I need to get off and perhaps do some core work right now and give that a chance to patience, grow so that I can keep doing this for years to come. Because if I push it now, What's the point? I'm just going to have to start all over again. Right. Yeah, so patience. Patience is kind of the name attains of the, the goal. It always does. Whether we're talking about getting to the finish line yeah. 
or writing the book or having that relationship. Yes. Patience Patience. attains the goal. And so patience, there's, there's nothing to learn when it comes to being patient, nothing to learn because all of the patience you could ever possibly need is contained in the present moment. So if you can practice being patient, I mean, present, putting your awareness on breath, body, something that's happening right now, you'll be present. And with that comes patience because you'll feel the whole length of a moment, which is actually really full. And if anybody knew me 20, I mean, I got to get my sister on this podcast because she really knew me in the height of my craziness, (laughs) but I had no patience before your enlightenment. Oh my God. Before, yeah, before my (laughs) ass kicking, like my first universal ass kicking is really, you could call it enlightenment or you could call it like a major universal ass kicking, universal ass kicking. Yeah. And it was a street fight for many years, just not wanting to relent but I had no patience. I had no patience. And along with that, I had zero tolerance for anyone and zero compassion. Mm-hmm. I could have cared less about your situation. However, there was that part of me inside that cared so deeply about your situation. You know? And so it's like this dual. This, I had this duality because I was living in the ego. But then the real part of me was still in there like, come home, come home. And so... I can tell you that I have so much pain. Like, I can wait all day long. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me. Because I know that it's, it's no effort as long as I'm present. And the, my ability to sew moments of presence together have, has come through a, a discipline of sitting. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's really cool stuff. So, all right. So you're, you're loving this hamstring back to health. Do you have any um, races in mind? All right. So I really want to do, I can't remember what it's called, but you jump out of a plane and then you run a marathon. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. uh, Nicole. Nicole on our team. Oh. She she does that every year. And I think that's in January. I don't know if I'll be marathon ready. Yeah, I don't know if you'll be marathon ready in January. (laughs) But they, they have a 5K. They have a 10K. Do you still get to jump out of the plane? Yeah. They also have it up to 200 miles, by the way. What? Yeah. My meditation teacher is always like, you got to jump out of a plane. You I, should come with I, me. I know. He's like, I know you've been wanting to do that for a long time. When it, uh, Yeah. Where it's is it? So is it in Florida? Yeah. Oh. I, I'll get you some info on it because I, I okay. feel like she sent, me, she sent me something on it. I like that. So I want to do that. Um, I actually do want to do another Ironman next year. Again, I don't You've know if I'll be You've had this Ironman on your heart for yeah. for a while now. I wanted to do Cozumel, yeah. uh, but since I'm moving to Florida, if I do Ironman Florida, that's in November. So I, I'd have to pick one of the two. And if I live in Florida, it's yeah. there. So You'll be race ready for that. I mean, again, I feel like I'm starting over from it scratch. It doesn't matter. You've got a year, though. Cause oh, that's true. I'm going to call you on something right now because I've, I've been hearing <laughs> you talk about starting over from scratch yeah. for like many months now. And it's like, well, then start over from scratch and realize that you're not starting over from scratch anymore because if you've been training and exercising and all of that and for the last six or eight months since I've been hearing you talk about <laughs> starting over from scratch, there's no way you're still at scratch. I feel like I'm still at scratch. <laughs> <laughs> well, so... So you're right. I get to change that 
in of this moment that, okay, it's, it may not be scratched, but there's still a lot of flour on the table and it's still a dough. It's still in the dough shape. I just got, you know, I got to flatten out the dough. You got to knead it. I got to knead it a little bit. You got to knead it, warm it up, give it some love. So I want to do a half. Uh, That, that would happen in June. Maybe Eagle Man, something like that. Something fun. Yeah. Good reason to go visit my mom. Perfect. So I, I, I love the racing part, and I didn't do any of this last season. So even if I go do some sprints, you know, yeah. in between. The- and it's all perfect. It's building. It's, this, has been, this is brewing for you. I don't know why, and it doesn't matter right now, but it's like it's calling you. And I think you're doing a lot of healing on the path to get there. And I think that that's really what it's all about. Well, and everything, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. The triathlon thing is just a mirror for everything else that I'm still building in my business and my life and my relationships with my family. So it's, it's all good things. I regret nothing. I regret that I, I don't regret that I didn't do any races last year. It's all, you're right. It's all just part of the process. And I get to be present in this moment. Patient. Right. Get to patient. And what is going on with, what, what's going on with your business? Because you can do that from anywhere. That's correct. And I'm Beautiful. gonna. So in fact, I, um, my, my business is all virtual. So I work, again, specifically with entrepreneurs who have every excuse why they can't leave their desk. So guess what? I work them out at their desk. Nice. Right? And I I do calls with them at their desk. So there's no excuse why they can't get themselves moving and why they can't get their lives moving. What are some of the things that you do? Like, let's say somebody's like still in their like suit and tie. Like, have (laughs) you ever had that situation where they're just like, I don't have any time today. Yes, I have. Uh, so what I do is I have them get up and I'm like, okay, just take your jacket off so that you're not super duper sweaty. And I'll be like, okay, so we're going to stretch. If you can't do anything, at least let's get some blood moving. So you're going to stand up, hands up, hands down, touch the floor, touch the ceiling. You know, so I, I get them moving in their office. And even if it's for five minutes, it's better than if they hadn't done anything at all. Because a lot of these people sit at their desk for 12 hours a day and don't move except to go to the bathroom. Oof. Unbelievable. I just, I can't. I told you this morning, I woke up after sitting on a plane yesterday and I think the bed's really soft in there. (laughs) And I woke up and I was walking down the hallway and I was like, (gasps) all of a sudden, like my whole diaphragm. And then of course I'm like, well, that's my solar plexus chakra, which is like my power and my fire, what's going on in there. But I was like, whoa, like one day on the plane. So you were coming over this morning and I had wanted to get like an hour running. So I felt really good. And you know what? I got 25 minutes in. I felt so good. I found a park down here and I did like stairs. I like ran to the park. I did like four sets of stairs. And this is the most beautiful thing. I didn't bring a watch. And like I had this moment of like, I didn't bring my Garmin. I can't track my, I'm training for an ultra and I can't track my mileage for the week. And then I was like, screw it. So I brought, I had my little fuel, I had this little fuel belt pack and I threw my phone in there and I set a timer for 15 minutes. Seeing like, all right, well, 15 minutes in, I'll feel the vibration of that. And then I'll know I'm 15 minutes in and then I can decide if I'm going to just head back or whatever. Yeah. And I just did stairs and I came back and took a shower. I feel so much better. Mm. Just getting it in. See? Even if it's not the hour that you wanted or the mileage that you wanted. I love it. And the thing was, is that you would think that I would be feeling more, I felt 
I felt like I could have run a marathon today. And so it's like, even though I felt like I could have gone for two hours today and felt really, really good, it's being okay with what I was able to get in. 25 minutes. Of so you're doing an ultra? Yeah, 50, 50K. I want to get up to the 50 mile uh, distance, but I had to do some healing this summer. And so now I'm going back to a 50K in April. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, fun. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm super excited. Actually, I s- sold my um sold my tri bike. Really? Mhm. Oh, so are you done triathloning for, for right, right now? now? That's awesome. One sport is amazing. Yeah. Running and then I <laughs> swim for fun. Like BJ's always trying to give me like these A workouts. I'm like, dude, what's this friggin' all out shit? <laughs> I just want to do like a C workout and like just work on form and I just love to swim and I don't want to swim to like get more fitness. I really don't. And then I'm doing a ton of yoga, ton of yoga. Like sometimes I'm going like twice a day. Well, it's helpful that you're a yoga teacher, huh? Yeah, it's super helpful, yeah. Mm-hmm. And plus, mm-hmm. I teach at five studios, so I get to go to all these studios. for. Free. That's yeah. one of the biggest bonuses of being a yoga teacher and being act, like actively teaching. Free yoga. Yeah! Free yoga. And now BJ's <laughs> a yoga teacher, so now we both get free yoga. It's amazing. It's so, so amazing. So, all right, enough about me. So, your business, you're going to be able to do that. What is bringing you to Florida? Where, when did the inspiration come in? Because you're established here. I'm People so know sure. you as being in New York City, and now you're going to Florida. I mean, I get the whole weather thing, believe me, but like you're 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 gonna be starting over. For, you know, that will be from scratch. <laughs> that will be from scratch. <laughs> well, but so part of all right. So you, you asked me a couple questions in there. Yeah. The, when did it come in? <clears throat> over the summer. So I had a friend who was like, "Wow, look how much cheaper it is to live in Florida," and she showed me these different beautiful apartments. That had space that was half of what I, I pay here. So this isn't all about the money, but there's something about the lifestyle that here in New York, I'm really working to pay rent. And I really had this, uh, this heart-to-heart conversation with myself about what do I really want my life to look like? I love living in New York City. But right now, my quality of life is about rent and food. And that doesn't feel good. So I want to try something different. And if I hate it, I'll admit it in a heartbeat. And I'll figure out a way to come back. But I'm going to give it a good college try. I'm going to commit to two years in Florida and just see if that's a lifestyle that I want. I know uh, triathloning as part of my life really means something to me. And I haven't been able to live that version of myself for a couple reasons. But again, it just comes down to, well, now I have to work to pay rent, to buy groceries. And it just, I want to try that and just see how it feels like putting on a sweater. I'm going to see if this feels good. And if it doesn't, great, I'll take it off. I'll leave and I'll try something else. How does it feel when you think about this new, new quote unquote life that's coming in? How does it make you feel? Free, scared. Did I fail? Like all these things that now you're giving up New York. Do you, um, so there's, there's these competing things of who cares? Just go try something new. Oh, but you failed and you did bad and you didn't win. Yeah, but it's, it's fine. It's just 
Florida. You're an hour away. You can still come back to to New York anytime you want. You have friends here. You can spend the night and you can still have clients here. No, so there's this competing conversation that has nothing to do with reality. The reality is I want to go try to live somewhere else. Where do you feel it in your body when you think, not, not the negative or the low vibe talk, but like when you see the, the possibilities, where do you feel that in your body? Here, in, uh, my, here, can you guys see? <laughs> Can't you see? Um, above my heart into my throat. Mm. And so those, so your heart chakra is the, that's the separator. Your lower chakras are your physical like to the physical world and then starting with the heart up is your spiritual self. Hmm. So there's that, there's that calling. Something's yeah. calling you there. Oh, ooh. I love it. So you're going to be out of here soon. Yeah. Like by January. That's the goal. I love it. That's so awesome. I love it. I just have to find someone who wants my apartment for the two months that I still have a, uh, a lease there. That's fine. <laughs> that will, that's easy. I'm going to yeah, figure that out. You don't have to worry about that because if this is it meant to be, it's going to come around the perfect timing. Whether that's the timing that you have marked on your schedule or not, I have no idea. Nobody knows. But it'll be in flow. And like spirit doesn't lay down resistance. It's only flow. Mm, okay. So it'll come. It'll come really easy. And, and it'll work out in the perfect divine timing. Which again, might not be what you have in your calendar. It could be sooner. It could be later. But, um, but it'll be perfect. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, since we've now both said it, it has to come to be. Yeah. That it's just going to flow and just be, and just happen the way it It'll totally to flow. And you finding a place to live down there, it will all, it will oh, all Oh, I already have together. a place to live. Oh, perfect. One of my friends said I could stay with them for a couple months and get myself like set. So I Amazing. feel like, I just, it just feels like it's a good thing. Amazing. Perfect. All right. We've just, God, we've been talking for over an hour. Oh, geez. That's crazy. <laughs> we were talking That's, about before. I was right. <laughs> That's easy for us, though. And we'll probably kill, still be talking after. <laughs> All right. So somebody who is listening to this and they're like, oh, I, I like that whole idea of creating my life, but I just feel stuck. And then, and then there's part of me that thinks it's all witchcraft and bullshit anyway. Like, what do you say to those people? <laughs> there are really simple things that will have you creating a life you want today. And part of that is just create rituals and habits around who it is that you want to be. So if you want to be a triathlete, there's rituals you have to put in place. You got to work out. If you want to write a book, the ritual you got to start writing, you got to make that part of who you are today as part of your, your habits and part of just who you are. And so this isn't magic, though we could go there. We could go into who you're vibrating as, but if you want to look at it as not magic, then it's what are you doing that is creating the life you want right now? That simple. Love it, girl. Boom. <laughs> drop the mic, but don't really drop the mic because they're new. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> awesome. Angela rocks. Let's just say it. I am so honored to have this ball of fire and love in my life and to have shared her with you guys not once, 
but twice on the YTP. Be sure to check out the show notes on ways to connect with Angela. She shares awesome videos and she shares glimpses into her own commitments and goals that she's working on. And most recently, she's been posting short podcasts through Anchor every week. So don't miss any of it. All right, you guys, our first M21 Mindful Living for the Modern World program was a crazy success, so much so that we started another one and it launched today, which is Monday, December 18th. I am partnering again with Golden Duffy for this second block. She is such an incredible resource of knowledge in the realm of quantum physics, as well as meditation and healing. So the two of us together are bringing it to another block of people looking to become deliberate creators in their life. If you're fired up for more on-purpose living after listening to this episode, then I would highly recommend checking out the M21 program. You can join anytime. The link is in the show notes and also connect with Angela. Either you may want to work with her personally or just soak up the wisdom that she shares on social and through her public speaking and racing. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are deeply grateful for this community, and we know that this is not an easy path to walk, this awake and ready life, but we believe without a doubt that it is the one that we are all here to discover.